Chase has already seen a specialist and is still getting second opinions. NFL Week 8 kicks off tonight in Tampa. The 3-4 and four Buccaneers hosting the 4-3 and three Ravens. Former Ravens running back Justin Forsett says the team's record could be even better. Man, just not finishing. Not executing uh, in the crunch time, in the, in the moments uh, when it count, uh, in the fourth quarter. You see they play, they're playing well for three quarters, and then they just fall off and, and, or take their, take the foot off the gas pedal at the end of the game, and it's been costing them. Justin Forsett on KJ and Max. Bucks defensive lineman Akeem Hicks out for the sixth game in a row with a foot injury. This game just the second time Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson play against each other. Patriots coach Bill Belichick confirms today Mac Jones is now fully recovered from a high ankle sprain and he's ready to start Sunday's game against the Jets. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. It's now time for Team Talk on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. 1017 The Team is your home for New Mexico United, the Dallas Cowboys, LA Dodgers, and much more. Now, Team Talk on 1017 The Team. And good afternoon. It is Team Talk 1017 The Team. Joe O'Neill here along with Sam Hauser. The show go till 7 o'clock tonight and tomorrow night. At uh, 6 o'clock, we finally start the World Series Phillies and Astros first pitch at 6 o'clock, actually. And I, you know, they, they have no choice but to, you know, to, to set the dates for the World Series. But when one series goes four games, the other series goes five games, this lull is not good for momentum for Major League Baseball. I mean, I'm hoping all goes well and the, the World Series is really interesting, but uh, don't you agree that this lull is is kind of hurt them a little bit? Oh, yeah. This is what coaches complain about, whether it's you know here with local teams, I mean, anywhere. This is the stuff coaches complain about where... TV, you know, the TV contracts dictate when we go play. I, I'm sure they would have wanted to have probably moved it up. Had yeah. had you know t- had probably at least game two by tonight. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, but but not only the teams. I mean, if you know, if you're uh, Fred Manfred, uh, the uh, Major League Baseball commissioner, you're, you're not happy about it either, right? I mean, they 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 had so many bunched up there, like they got it started and it was boom, 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 one game a night. Three days, you know, three games in one day, whatever. And then, uh, due to the fact that you had two series that were like gone with the wind, we knew that because we were looking forward to like hope, you know, ho- hopefully having you know some six or seven game series there for the teams that are going to the World Series. Not the case. One was a sweep, and the other was was uh, in five games. So now you have this lull. But at the same time, you know, when they're doing the post. Get, you know the, all the post games, and they're they're starting the World Series on that date. Uh, you know, figuring that it'll go at least five, six, seven games in some cases, and you need that time before the World Series start. And Rob Manfred might not be happy, but this goes back to one of the biggest criticisms of of his job as commissioner under Major League Baseball 
of the branding of it. I mean, you could there's a way where you could use this to your advantage if you were really you know creative about it of having that build up. But I mean, they're really I mean you know certainly we're you know we're promoting it because we're excited to have the games, but. Major League Baseball hasn't done much to get the word out of, you know, hey, our season's not done yet, guys. Good point. Good point. Um, I don't know how many people would have been interested, though, in, like, you know, just harping on, uh, you know, hey, the season's still going on. They do know that the season is still going on, but rather than talking about college or NFL football or the start of the NBA, believe it or not, I think, um, you know, MLB gets pushed to the back burner. Oh, no question. I mean, you don't even have to do the whole, you know, hour Fox studio show with, you know, with Dave, you know, with David Ortiz and A-Rod and all these guys. I'm talking about, you know, just even, you know, just even keeping, you know, doing what, you know, doing your own part to, to keep that momentum up. Yeah. Well, they got the MLB uh, network, which, I, you know, I, I don't even, you know, it's during the season, it's in my rotation. Now, you know, they're running, you know, reruns of, uh, Bull Durham or, you know, something like that. They're trying to fill time as, as best they can. All right, well... And see, there's a big swing and a miss. That's right, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, you know, we'll get to it right now. Um, Tim Kirchin, ML, uh, MLB insider for ESPN, and he's been here two times in the last three years. He was, like, a, the, the guest speaker at the Lobo Baseball Fundraiser for two years in a row. So we've gotten a chance to hang out with Tim Kirchin a little bit. And not surprisingly, very level-headed, um, he's going to pick the um, the favorite and the Yankee, or excuse me, in the uh, Astros. Here's Tim Kirchin on who he thinks is going to win the World Series. I really like the way the Phillies are playing, but the Astros haven't lost yet. They're 7-0. and they haven't lost, and Jose Altuve went through an 0-for-25 during all of that. And Jordan Alvarez, who is such a great hitter, really hasn't been at his best in this season, and they're still 7-0. and So I'm going to say the Astros are going to win this series because they have home field advantage, four home games to three, and because pitching has been just sensational. And that's that fine line, right? Are you lucky that you are 7-0 and despite Jose Altuve not hitting, or... You know, maybe is it going to be a matter of like that could go either way as far as who that benefits? Uh, yeah, I mean the fact that you know, you mean just because the law of averages are going to somehow kick in, and in in baseball you typically don't win ten games in a row, and that's what the Astros are trying to do here with these first two games at home. Uh, you know, being seven and zero without Altuve uh, and company, uh, like, wh- how are you saying that might work against it? Because what he's saying is, you know, here they are doing what they're doing with maybe their very best player and Altuve at the top of the lineup has, has been atrocious. Right. Uh, and that just shows where they might be able to get. Right. And that's the best case scenario where everybody that's hitting as well as they are, these guys who are, you know, towards the bottom of the lineup, the ones that aren't the big names, they keep they keep doing that. And then Jose Altuve gets his act together and starts swinging the bat that we know that he can. Or Jose Altuve continues to I struggle. See. And then these guys that have been hitting really hot bats go back to their uh, their law of averages. No, I no, g- good point, good point. It's just hard to imagine. I can see like Aaron Judge as a hitter going poorly throughout the entire postseason. Altuve though, uh, I can't I can't I think you know if my if I had to uh, give you my opinion, I'll bet you anything he actually hits 
uh, above average in these World Series, despite the fact that he's there. There no, was, I mean, he he has like some time to reflect, and you know, the next thing you know, when things flip in baseball, they flip, and guys go on incredible runs, and somebody with his talent um, would do that. But you know, of course, Tim Kirchin making the logical uh, reasoning for his choice of the Astros, but. There's others that are giving the Phillies a lot of, um, you know, a lot of love, including Brad Lidge. He was a uh, former closer for both teams. Uh, he he knows the Phillies are an underdog, but he thinks they're less of an underdog than people think. If anyone thinks this is going to be an easy World Series for the Astros, they haven't been paying attention to how the Phillies have played, especially at home, where the Phillies have not lost this postseason. And I would just say this, uh, you know, these two games starting out in Houston, Astros obviously with home field advantage, you know, they're going to be facing uh, that one-two punch from the Phillies of uh, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Those two have flat dominated this postseason, especially Zach Wheeler. And it's hard for me to imagine a scenario in which the Phillies don't get at least one game in Houston. So, wow. you know, then you go back to, to Philly where they have not lost. And I could see the Phillies ripping off two wins against the Astros in Philly. So I think this thing goes back to Houston and... Ah, boy, it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be way closer than people realize. I think it's going to be a fantastic World Series. I think if you want to make some money, if you're willing to wager a little bit more, I think you bet on the Phillies because I think they have a much better chance than people realize. I Like I said, I know and I get it. The Astros are the odds-on favorites, but I think the Phillies are much closer than people realize. And he brings up an important aspect of the series where the format, it's 2-3-2. So there's the first two games in Houston, then Philly gets three at home after that. So you split those two in Houston, all of a sudden, that series might not go back. There, Yeah, I know. And now let's remember, uh, of all the teams in baseball, including the Dodgers, the team with the most postseason experience anywhere are the Astros. Right. So uh, there, it's going to take a lot to get them frazzled. Uh, you know, even if they go down, you know, three to nothing. Uh, you know, the, you know that they're going to continue to battle you probably harder than any other team in Major League Baseball. So, you know, he says uh, if it does go back to Houston, well, if it goes back to Houston, that means it's a six or seven game World Series, and and we're happy about that around here. Uh, what he's talking about as far as the underdog, uh, the Astros are like a a two to one favorite uh, in to to win the World Series, not game one or whatever, just to, to win the series. So. You know, in order to win a hundred dollars, you would have to bet like two hundred on the Astros to get back a uh, hundred dollars. In the case of the Phillies, if you bet a hundred dollars, I think you get back like a hundred and eighty dollars. So uh, that's what Lidge is saying: is there's a if you, uh, you know, he thinks it's it's worth um, the odds of uh, taking a look at the Phillies. Well, we'll see what happens. And I kind of agree with what he's saying. I, I mean, obviously, both these teams are incredibly good baseball teams. It's the reason that they're playing each other for the World Series, but you do have the Astros that have been doing this a bunch, playing in the World Series again. It's their uh, sixth consecutive you know, uh, time in the American League Championship Series, and you know they've had their own comeback story as well, but the uh, Phillies kind of just embody what the postseason is all about, You know what these top teams that spend all the money are the Yankees and Dodgers, what they weren't able to grab onto. There's just, there, there are those weird sports cliche intangibles that Philly is just all over, and obviously that town is rocking. Okay, and and it is rocking, and I can't wait to, to watch those games uh, from Citizens Park there in Philadelphia. Okay, but I will tell you this, um, you talk about intangibles, if, if there was one sport where 
managing or coaching seems to be like not as important as in other sports. Uh, it's baseball, and it's kind of like oh, the way you handle the play. You you watch managers in the dugout for nine innings, and you know sometimes they don't even talk to their players uh, other than to give them five after they you know score or whatever. Yeah, Aaron Boone's just blowing bubbles the size of his own head and whining to the uh, umpire. Don't forget that. Look low, blue. Okay, um, but. So this guy that's leading the Phillies, this Rob uh, Thompson guy who took over for Joe Girardi, I think at the time the Phillies were twenty one and thirty on the season. It was were they they really started out slowly. Yeah, it was bad. They were somewhere around double digits under five hundred. Yeah, okay, and uh, and then he takes over, and whatever he's doing, I mean, I can't imagine strategically it's a whole lot different than what Girardi did. I mean, he's been with Girardi going back to the Yankee days. And, you know, by the way, Rob Thompson was the third base coach uh, for the Yankees um, and was on that, you know, that coaching staff the last time the Yankees won a World Series. So this guy's been around and he's kind of worked his way up. And and obviously um, the players really like the vibe that he brings to the dugout. Um, So, you know, here you have Rob Thompson is – Phillies manager, first year in the World Series, and he was asked about the lack of World Series experience on his club. You know, we don't have many guys that have played in the World Series, but we didn't have many guys that had played in the playoffs to begin with. So, I mean, um, and and the leadership that's in here, Schwarber's been there before. Um, you know, he talks a lot to the club about you know, being in this situation, I think, I think Harp talks a lot to the club about being in this situation. Um, talking through it's good, but um, you know, you have to go out there and you have to perform, and you have to live it. Um, and we've done a really good. Our guys have done a really good job of it so far. So that's the voice that uh, these Phillies are listening to, and uh, it's working. Um, and he mentions Kyle Schwarber, who had been there before with the Cubs. Who would have ever thought, like, 10 years ago, batting leadoff for the Philadelphia Phillies, Kyle Schwarber, he just doesn't seem like the prototypical leadoff batter. Am, am I right there? Say, I mean, come on. No, no, you it's are. It's like Aaron Judge was leading off, too. But but Schwarber even, like, looks a little bit even more unusual at the top of the order. No, he does, because Schwarber is more kind of all or nothing kind of guy. When I guess, I mean, I guess Judge was that towards the end of the season. But, I mean, we still know that, that you know, we still know that Judge can hit for contact, too, when he needs to. When he was going through the home run chase, had a bunch of doubles along the way, just missing some of those. No, it, it is weird, and it just goes to to show how you have to put all the right pieces together because yeah. that Cubs team is completely broken up now where Anthony Rizzo's gone and Schwarber's gone and Chris and Bryant Chris Bryan and and, so, and yeah and so I mean all those guys coming together and and doing it for the Cubs and it's kind of kind of a similar story here for the Phillies man it is uh, a really incredible story for the Phillies all right uh so here is uh Jesse Rogers he's uh, uh ESPN uh, MLB insider on the impact that Rob Thompson has had since taking over for Girardi. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, like, analytics can't tell us why it happened. Um, there's no stat that can prove why it happened. It's just something in the air and the, the, the atmosphere that a manager brings. People that say managers don't matter, well, we have direct evidence that they do. And to a man, players said things did change. Um, you know, Dave Dombrowski, the, the president here, will tell you, and we'll say it 
you know, straightforward without being critical that Joe has a little bit more of an intense attitude about how he manages and goes about things, and Rob Thompson has more of a relaxed attitude. Um, and it depends on your team which style is needed. I think we have evidence here that the style that Rob Thompson brought to the table here was the one that's needed. And I think with a more veteran team with good leadership in the clubhouse, your manager needs to do less, not more. And between Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper, I'm not sure there's much more a manager needs to do. So maybe Joe Girardi just wasn't the right guy for the right moment here, and Rob Thompson is. And I think it's those qualities that I just mentioned to you uh, that made the difference for Rob down the stretch here. And you could say that about both these guys, too, where it's, to your point, it's more about Rob Thompson, the person, than Rob Thompson, the manager. And same with Dusty Baker, because for the longest time, Dusty Baker was, you know, was, was this, you know, old, was this beloved guy. I mean, everybody loved Dusty Baker, but he would make the biggest, most glaring, and at times what felt like the most obvious managerial mistakes in one of the few times that you have to in the postseason where the Reds would find themselves in you know in prime spot to win a game or win a series and everything would just fall apart now I mean fortunately for Dusty he broke through with the Astros but it's just and it's the same thing there I mean everybody loves Dusty and and, and I mean listen to this voice I mean listen to how soothing that is you know we don't have many guys that have played in the World Series, but we didn't have... It's like your grandpa talking to you, telling you everything's going to be okay after a Little League game. <laughs> very good. Very good analogy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Dusty Baker was like the perfect guy to come into Houston after all of the chaos that they were having. Uh, they, you, you know, he was a, he was a, like a perfect figurehead. Stability uh, and, you know, his, his teams have, have gotten uh, to postseason a ton, not uh, done all that great once they've gotten there. Um, and, you know, the other one that, with the, the, that I think of, too, the low-key approach, uh, I remember Bruce, Bruce Bochy with the uh, incredible, uh, you know, success with the Giants and even with the Padres before he went to the Giants. I see that he's in the mix for the, yeah, he, the yeah, tech, he, or did he get it? Yeah, he, he is the new manager of the Rangers, okay. which is a perfect hire per- for them. Yeah, yeah, perfect hire. You know, you got um, Corey Seager, uh, the shortstop that came over from the Dodgers is kind of like the the thing you're anchoring the team around. A lot of good players, they underperformed this year. And sometimes I think it was as much about the transitional year but uh, than it was the manager. But, but Bochi is going to fit in really nice there in Arlington. Okay, uh, one last soundbite. Uh, this is from Jessica Mendoza of ESPN MLB. Um, and, you know, what she's talking about, you know, we know Altuve hasn't delivered some of the other big sticks, but uh, she talks about the depth of the Astros and other guys have been contributing. It's been the unsung heroes. I mean, you think about it for this Astros lineup, you know who Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, even Jordan Alvarez, who they are. Well, Jose Altuve hasn't been hitting the postseason. Alex Bregman's getting the bat going. Definitely, Jordan Alvarez, with a hot start against the Mariners, has struggled. So it's been guys like Jeremy Pena, who's a rookie, to replace Carlos Correa. The huge home runs, the big hits. You think about guys like Chaz McCormick, who's gotten big hits throughout this entire Yankee series to help get this Astros team. Even Yuli Gurriel, which we know his name from the past, but he struggled all season long. Well, I, I, I would actually say, other than 
uh, Alex Bregman, these other guys, these other big. Alex Bregman is is having an He's a, doing his a, job. a postseason. Like you know, he'd get an A, uh, and you know, if he has a really good World Series, it's almost like an A plus. I mean, he's he's been terrific in the postseason. Everything Alex was, you know, sitting around two forty for a lot of the season. But if you look his numbers uh, from September onward, um, they've been. Very, very solid and a big part of uh, why the Astros are in the World Series and why so many people uh, in this Albuquerque metro area and throughout New Mexico keep an eye on uh, the Astros because it, it is just so neat to to know that uh, here's a kid that grew up playing Little League Baseball in this town and you know he played at the academy uh, in high school, went on to LSU, um, but you never can, you know, even though that it, all of the um, the hype on him was there. You don't. It's always so still so hard to get to uh, the the you know the big lights, the big stage. Yeah, it's got to play out. It's got to play out. Yeah, and it doesn't. Most times it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think of Blake Swihart, uh, another like guy that everybody was looking at was the starting catcher for the Red Sox, switch hitting guy that was on his way, and you know had got banged up, and you know it just it just goes to show you there's such a small margin there, and uh, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Alex Bregman, yeah, it's great that he's part of the World Series right here from Albuquerque metro area.